This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Brian, it is game week, as we've talked about. So we're going to start previewing this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team a little bit. Um, I think we'll be able to get into some uh, deeper analysis as the week goes on when we start finding out about guys like how healthy is Tristan Wirfs? Is that outside shot of Chris Godwin playing? Is he actually going to be able to play? Um, and, and just where they're at with, with some of those things. And also when we get a chance to uh, hopefully talk to to some folks who, who cover the team there in Tampa Bay later on this week. So so we'll have some deeper stuff for you there, but thought it would be a good idea to just start off, get a, a an opening analysis out there. And the first thing, obviously, coming into this, this has been a very dramatic offseason for the Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady retires, then, oh, he comes back a month later. A few weeks later, Bruce Arians retires. Uh, Todd Bowles steps up. He's, he's now the head coach. Um, first time he's had a head coaching job since he lost his gig with the Jets at the end of the 2018 season. Um, the Bucks were able to retain Byron Leftwich, a guy who was a hot coaching candidate this offseason. Um, and, and so a lot of drama. They're finally back able to play football. Um, but there's a lot of injuries on that offensive line, too. Before we go into the specifics of, of what's changed or what we're expecting here, Brian, I know you got a chance to go back and watch this team a little bit. What were some of your, your takeaways that, that you know, um, you, you, you saw in film from some of their games last year? Yeah, I saw the one series that uh, Tom Brady was able to get in in the preseason against uh, Indianapolis, and you know it was uh, you know it was it was very clean for Tom. They they had the, the starters for the most part. They're struggling, as you mentioned, Bobby, at the offensive tackle spot. So uh, they had uh, you know like Josh Wells and guys like that playing tackle and stuff like that, but. But overall, though, it was uh, it was pretty clean for him. He was able to get rid of the ball you know, nicely. It looked like he was very comfortable, you know, no uh, rust or anything like that for a guy that had been off for 11 days. But then I went back and watched uh, the Saints games from uh, last year. I was really curious about what Dennis Allen did to Tom Brady to, you know, keep him off the scoreboard uh, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, there was a nine to nothing game, and then there was a game that the that the that Tampa lost in New Orleans. Uh, I think it was week uh, eight, is mm-hmm. what it was. But you know, there wasn't anything I was expecting. I was like, well, how is Dennis Allen doing this? And I thought, is he attacking the middle? Is he bringing blitzes? You know, the I think there were some things. There was some solid coverage uh, by the Saints. 
felt like that they really didn't give Mike Evans and you know Chris Godwin a lot of room. Godwin got hurt in the uh, second New Orleans game. Yeah, near so, the end of the year. Yep, near the end of the year. So, but they didn't give they didn't give Godwin or or Evans a lot of room to to catch the ball. Uh, they had some really bad drops uh, along the way in those games. Uh, Gronk had a couple of bad drops. Tom Brady had a, uh, a couple of misses. They had a ball go off Leonard Fournette that was an interception. So it really wasn't what I thought. I was thinking it was Dennis Allen is disguising coverages and he's bringing blitzes and he's dropping guys and he's you know replacing them with blitzers off the edge and all that. You know, that was pretty much four-man rush, twist stunts inside. But a lot of this was really, really self-inflicted stuff with – and the thing you would you watch with Brady is, especially against these the Saints, he threw the ball almost exclusively in the middle of the field. There was a point in time, though, where uh, he was feeling a little bit of pressure and he was having to get the ball to Fournette in the flat and try and, and, and work it that way and just to get the ball out quick. But it, it wasn't anything that was like uh, – I was really surprised. I was thinking, oh, downfield shots, downfield shots. There was only a couple in these games, but most of the stuff was attacked either underneath or in the middle of the field. And like I mentioned, there were some unfortunate drops along the way. There were some turnovers along the way. They had a sack or two in these games, but it wasn't anything that you would say, oh, well, you know, Dallas is going to scheme this. They're going to try and do this. And I do feel like, though, that with Brady, and we'll get into it more during the week uh, the further we get along. I do feel like, though, that this is where you have to figure out how to attack the middle of that pocket, you know, especially yeah. with with a center that's in his second year and then a rookie left guard. I, I think you absolutely have to make those guys play in this football game and, and deal with the pressure through the middle of that pocket. Yeah, and and I think that's a great point is the is the interior of the offensive line where they're going to have to break things up because the Bucks are opening this season with it's it's an entirely new interior offensive line. Uh, their left guard Ali Marpet he retired this off season. Their right guard Alex Kappa he left for Cincinnati in free agency, and then Ryan Jensen suffered what's been described as a serious knee injury in the early part of training camp, but it's been very vague. They have not specifically talked about what the injury was or what the timetable is. At first, it sounded like he'd be out for the year. Now they're saying until at least November. So some some odd discussion going sounds on around like that. Very much like, yeah, it sounds very much like uh, Aaron Smith. Yeah. Be back for the meat of the schedule, maybe, a- and then maybe not at all. Exactly. And uh, so you've got their free agent addition, Shaq Mason from the Patriots. He's going to step in. He'll play right guard. The rookie second rounder, Luke Gadecki, is taking the other guard spot. And the 2021 third rounder, Robert Hainsey, is going to take center. Uh, but Gadecki and Hainsey, these are two guys who have never started an NFL game, and they're both transitioning from tackle. So Gadecki played tackle in college. He'll be playing guard. And then Hainsey was playing tackle last year. He's going to bump inside, play center. And that's he's been banged up during training camp. Um, it's not just guys who have been hurt on the starting offensive line. Some of their depth, they've lost guys – um, for the season, like uh, Aaron Stinney, he's one, one of their guards who was supposed to compete at right guard. He's ending out, he's or at left guard, he's out for the season uh, with a knee injury. So they've been banged up pretty significantly on the interior. Uh, their tackles, Tristan Wirfs, obviously one of the best in the game. Donovan Smith, those guys are back. That's great for them. But Tristan Wirfs has been dealing with an oblique strain the last couple of weeks. 
He may not be 100% against the Cowboys. And that injury comes after he spent the whole offseason basically rehabbing an ankle injury uh, that required surgery on, uh, I believe it was two torn ligaments in his right ankle. Um, so a lot of questions on the offensive line as a whole, but especially there in the interior. So for you, how big is how big are guys like Oso Digizua and, uh, you know, Tristan Hill and more specifically something we saw some success with Micah Parsons coming up that A-gap and blitzing up there. How, how big is that going to be for Dallas's success in this game? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think it's going to be huge, Bobby. And uh, and you mentioned guys like Godecki, uh, you know, coming out of college. You know, he's a guy that when you watched him play at Central Michigan, he was a nice player. Uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that I kind of felt like to use a little bit better run blocker as that right tackle, yeah. Uh, as uh, as opposed to a pass blocker, because I saw he was a little bit like one of those guys. It's just kind of a hand fighter, you know. He, he just kind of stays attached. He's gonna he's gonna grab you. He's gonna hold you. Uh, you know. I mean, there's things about him that are really really you know good about his game yeah uh the demeanor i thought was really i mean he was a tough kid when you watch him you know he's from a, a, t- a little town in wisconsin so you you kind of you know you see those kids and they battle and they they're, they're, they're they do a great job but you know as a tackle i i didn't see a really a super powerful guy when you're starting to play inside you know you need to be have a little bit of that so uh, we'll see. We'll see if he has the knee bend, the flexibility. These are things he kind of struggled with when he was, you know, there at Central Michigan as a tackle. Because uh, I said, like I said, I felt like he was a better run blocker than pass. But I'm going after him. I, I, you know, I'm I'm going to make Leonard Fournette have to pass block in this thing too, Bobby. Is what I want to do. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to cover up these guards and these centers, and I'm going to try and run. Uh, I'm going to try and run Parsons through an A gap or B gap and see if, in fact, I could get him home off a uh, off a blitz and see if Leonard Fournette is good enough to pick him up as a pass blocker. Because there's been some times where you watch Leonard Fournette, he has struggled at times catching the football. He's a powerful runner. There's no question about that big guy. But he is not the best pass blocker. So I'm, I'm going to take my best player – and put him on a guy or try and match him up against a Leonard Fournette, who I know is not the best pass blocker as for running backs, or I'm going to try and put him on a, a rookie um, a rookie guard that doesn't play with a whole lot of power. Uh, but he's a, you know, but he's a guy that, that uh, you know, he's a, he's, he's a bigger guy, but he just doesn't play with a lot of that power. And I think that's something you can, you can surely take advantage of. It is a little bit of uh, pot calling the kettle black to talk about the questions on the Buccaneers' offensive line, uh, yeah. because obviously we know we there you got issues. your own issues. Yeah, yeah, there there are plenty of issues over here in Dallas. You you had enough trouble last year just blocking Vita Vea, um, and and so when you look at Vea's over on that side, that linebacker core is 
really strong. Joe Tryon, Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. Um, we know they've got players in that secondary. You know, Antoine Winfield is somebody that Cowboys fans became very familiar with during the draft process that they were very high on. Um, obviously, with that kind of firepower that they can bring, Akeem Hicks is there with with the Buccaneers as well. Um, do you think this basically will just come down to who is who step which patchwork offensive line? I guess steps up in a bigger way. Basically, whichever offensive line performs better with, with their you know group of misfits, as as you know Rod Marinelli used to call his defense. Does that ultimately decide who wins this football game? Do you think? Yeah, Bobby, I kind of feel like whatever group, whatever offensive line is able to get second-level blocks as well in the running game because I think both teams have outstanding linebackers when you include, you know, Anthony Barr and Van Der Esch and Parsons. You know, you mentioned, you know, with David, White, Tryon, you know, I mean, you mentioned those guys there. You know, Tryon's more of a rusher than he is a linebacker. But, man, I'll tell you what, you know, Shaq, Barrett and those guys, I mean, they've got some guys that can flat run and go make play. So I kind of feel like whatever group does the better job of securing not only these down players, but then also making sure that they get a body up on those linebackers. Because if you let either team's linebackers go in this game, there's they will make every single tackle. Whether it's, you know, Parsons, Van Der Esch, on the Cowboys' side, White and David can make every single tackle for the Buccaneers. You've got to make sure you've got these guys blocked up. This one might come down to, as well, to the cornerbacks and the nickel players. You know, last year we saw the Cowboys have some success throwing the ball against this Buccaneers secondary. And so we'll see uh, if, in fact, if they can go back to that. I think they're going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit Probably going to have to run it on the edge a little bit more than inside because of Vita Vea and Hicks and guys like that. But uh, it, it just you just can't be one dimensional, I don't think, in this football game. Even though last year, you know, this game too also came down to missed a missed extra point, a missed field goals, stuff like that. I mean, just giving points away like that was was very very tough. And you have two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I I, I think one of the things that we've all been impressed with Tyler Smith on some of the things we've seen in practice from him, even as a young player and a raw football player. He seems to do a good job teaming up with with the other guys on the offensive line and reading these twists and these stunts and these games that, that they like to throw at him. Is that an area where we might see Dallas have an advantage, especially on the interior? You've got Connor McGovern, yes. Zach Martin, Tyler Biotish. Yes. A lot of inexperience on the interior for Tampa Bay. Is that an area where you might try and exploit that and go, hey, let's throw some twists at them, see how ready they are to handle some of uh, these advanced rush schemes. Yeah, no question. You know, when you when you have a when you have an inexperienced center and you have an in, inexperienced uh, uh, guard, uh, a rookie guard playing here, I, I am absolutely putting as much movement up front. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm using the combos of twist stunts and then using Parsons behind that stunt to you know get right in the middle of that pocket and go right off that twist stunt and then get on top of Brady. When you bring him off the edge, it's a little bit of a further run for him to have to make. 
And I, I think when if you know going against Smith or Werfs, if they you know if he in fact can play, I, I expect him to play. But if in fact you know th- those are tough, those are tough guys to run around. So I'm taking him. I'm running him through the middle of the pocket, and I'm making sure that Brady sees him. You know, if Brady wants to throw the ball to the outside or or throw it over the middle. I want him to see where Micah Parsons is because that will take his eye level. I mean, if, if he knows that he's got Leonard Fournette blocking Micah Parsons, that might be a, a, a something of him having to get the ball out quick, and maybe you can make a play on the ball with him just trying to get it, get it out of his hand. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.